When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Let's let's get into big religious war today. That'll be fun, Chris. <laughs> Why not? I know Chris says which one. I know <laughs> there there have been one or two. There've been one or two. Don't worry, we're not. It's not going to be too bad. I do find these days interesting. Interesting because. 
the religious conflicts throughout history, and there have always been them, and there always will be them. That's just the nature of mankind. Uh, I don't understand lots of them. Lots of them I do. I've told you that before. Like I, We've had that conversation before. I totally get why Muslims and Jews, they ain't going to be besties. I, I get it. And don't tell me, I've got several Muslim friends. No, individually, I'm sure you do. I'm sitting five feet from a Jew. We get along fine. I get it. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying on a, on a macro level, I get why they're not going to be buds. I get why Christians are always going to have conflict with Muslims. I, I, I get it. Totally get it. There's a division there. Totally fine. There are several religious fights throughout history that I totally understand. Cultures don't all mesh together. And you don't have to pretend like they do. That's absurd. Some cultures don't mix. You remember that story I've told you before? We'll go over parts of it again. But the story of Hernan Cortez and the Spanish conquistadors being introduced to and then taking over the Aztecs, who were the power in the region. They were mega powerful. And obviously, I'm not going to paint Cortez as these lions for Christ. And the Aztecs as just these demons. I mean, the Spanish were plenty bad, too. Plenty bad, too. But the Spanish were... And they all wrote about it. Like, we had the diaries absolutely just horrified at the thought of human sacrifice. Now, I'm horrified by that, too. You know I don't, I don't think highly of the Aztecs. You know that. I, I make that perfectly apparent. The child sacrifice thing just bridged too far for me. But those two cultures ain't ever going to get along. Never. There's going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser. Religion, it does cause clashes with people. Always has, always will. Such is the nature of man. But one that I've never gotten, and just saying this is going to get me hate mail, which is going to be hilarious. You're welcome to send it. I'm not offended when you get mad at me. I should I should mention this. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com or 877-377-4373. You can yell at me live on the air. It genuinely doesn't bother me. So you're welcome to. I've never understood the Catholic-Protestant thing. And that's going to be a big part of our story today. I'm not talking about, you know, that's not going to be the, the, the theme, but it's going to be a huge part of the story. I... And I'm a Protestant. I, I would consider myself a Protestant, I guess, non-denominational, whatever it would be. So it's not as if I'm unaware of that world. I've never understood this seething hatred that has existed when it comes to those two. I don't understand it. I, I, it it's just the cultures are so similar, so much of them overlap with each other, that I would think they would get along more. It's 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 kind you know similar. This is going to be a horrible comparison. Let's offend the first group right now, Chris. Similar. I view that as similar to the Christians and the Jews. There's a reason they kind of get along. Well, a lot of it overlaps. The the basic values, the entire Old Testament. It is, I mean, we we kind of go different ways on the whole Jesus thing because you people killed him, Chris. But still, 
I, there's a reason they get along. It's the same culture. You know what I mean? I mean, Catholicism goes even further. Protestant goes even further. But man, there is real resentment there still for this. I find it fascinating. Because, I guess it's because I'm not involved in it. I find it fascinating. And I'm perplexed by it. Nevertheless, let us dig into the story today. Like I said, that we're not talking about that specifically, but it's just going to be such a big part of the story. Figured we might as well just lay it out there. Here it comes. Be prepared to be offended by the Jesse Kelly show for the 10,000th time. At this point, I'm assuming you've gotten a thick skin and you're just used to it by now. Henry VIII. We're not actually going to focus on him mainly, but you can't tell the story of Bloody Mary without telling the story of Henry VIII. No, Bloody Mary's not just a drink, Chris, you idiot. Gosh. Henry VIII, King of England. King of England. See, really blowing you away with my historical knowledge this morning. (laughs) Hold on. You're not going to believe this. There were seven before him. Yeah, dead serious. But Henry VIII, King of England, and Henry VIII, we do this with rulers, especially historical rulers. I feel like he's gotten a bad rap overall. Now, I'm not defending some of the ugly divorce stuff, trying to find an heir. Obviously, Henry VIII was no saint. I'm not not defending him on that. But overall, as king, I mean, that's a pretty good reign. He got you Ireland. Henry VIII got you Wales. Henry VIII, you know that British Navy we've talked about 10,000 times throughout the centuries of history we cover? How do you think that great Navy got started? Henry VIII started all that. But Henry VIII had a problem. And here was Henry VIII's problem. Now remember, at this time, Henry VIII is a Catholic, a practicing Catholic. I don't know if I want to use the word devout, and I'm not saying that to be insulting to him. You just don't generally know what goes on in a person's heart. You just, you do, you do not. I have no idea how devout he was, whether he believed it all the way, not at all. I, I don't know. But he was a practicing Catholic. Now, let's leave Henry there for a moment because there's something parallel going on in Europe at this time. There's a Reformation. Martin Luther, as I'm sure you've, you've heard of him by now, the Lutheran Church is named after him, obviously, to this day. Martin Luther, a former Catholic priest, steps up and vocalizes some real problems he has with Catholicism. Real problems. There are several. I'm not going to go down the entire list today. He wasn't big on the whole confession thing at all. To put it mildly, he was not big on the whole confession thing. 
thought you should just confess directly to God, didn't have to go through a priest for such a thing. The Bible clearly in his mind said that you could just approach God and confess straight to him. Also, and this was a big issue back then, and honestly, no matter your faith, I don't know how you can disagree with him on this realm, uh, Martin Luther thought the Bible only being in Latin was a bunch of crap. Now it's about to get real sticky. Hang on, I'll explain. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. They only make two kinds of cars. I don't know if you know this, but it's true. Two kinds. They make the kind of car that has had problems, and they make the kind of car that will have problems. They don't make a third kind. You know this if you've owned one. Car problems are coming for you again. Look, they come for me too. I'm not wishing it on you. I'm simply giving you a heads up to go get an auto protection plan from CarShield. They're America's number one auto protection company for a reason. They have a huge range of protection plans. So don't think you have to go there and sign up to this one catch-all thing that doesn't really fit your needs. No, they're going to be there with you. They're going to find you a plan that works for you. Go today. Go to carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Use the code JESSE. And remember, a deductible may apply. The Bible was only in Latin for a long, long, long time. And the there are people out there who will argue that was how it's supposed to be. Don't want it translated too much or you're changing the word of God. I get all that. Let's be frank with each other here. That was used as a way you could hold power over the peasants who didn't speak or read Latin. Oh, just let me tell you what the Bible says. No, you don't need to read it yourself. Just trust me. Anybody who ever tells you in any circumstances, oh, don't read it yourself, I'll just translate it for you, uh, you better read it yourself. Martin Luther translates the Bible into German, and this is a big deal. Back to England. Let's not pretend Henry VIII is some champion of of being a Protestant or thinks the Bible really should be translated into German. No, Henry VIII has a different problem. Henry VIII, he's married. 
He's married to a lady named Catherine of Aragon. Now, Catherine of Aragon is by every account an honorable, good woman, good wife, and well-respected with the English people. However, Catherine of Aragon, in Henry's mind, has one gigantic fatal flaw. She is not producing sons. We obviously know now it's up to the man to decide the sex of the child. They did not know this back in the 1500s. And even if they did know it, I doubt very much the king of England would accept responsibility. He may love his wife, may not. It's hard to say. By all accounts, they did have... I mean, as close a relationship as king and queen usually do, remember, most of these marriages, all the, I mean, all of them, I shouldn't even say most, basically 100% of the marriages between European royalty are strategic. Your promise to him, he's promised to her, my daughter's promised to this guy, my son's going to marry this person, so on and so forth. It's how you cemented alliances. It's how you got over being enemies. It was, I mean, that's how you did it in the day. Look, Mary, who we're going to get to here in just a little bit, Mary, who was the child of Catherine and Henry, she was promised to a dude from France at the age of two. At the age of two. Obviously, that didn't end up working out, but that's what we're talking about here. Catherine of Aragon is not producing sons. She does produce Little Mary. Little Mary is spoiled, to put it mildly, early on. Now, I don't know that it's bad spoiled. It's spoiled as in Henry and her mother, Catherine, love all over this girl. They dump education on her, affection on her. She is loved. And her mother, Catherine, who is most definitely a devout Catholic, is pouring Catholicism into young Mary. Henry, who at this point is still a Catholic, doesn't have any issue with that at all. Oh, yeah, 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 let's do your Catholic thing. I need to point out at this time, when I said their marriage is as close as royal marriages are, remember this, Henry, as the young king of England, is still working his way through the English countryside. Introducing himself to others, if you will. For all I know, Catherine was doing the same. I, I, I don't know. You don't know, but we do know Henry was. That is a fact. That's a fact. Now, Mary, on top of being educated in Catholicism in several languages, she spoke several languages, she begins to be educated in the forms of government. Why? Because until there's a male heir, which Henry really, really needs, it's Catherine's show if something terrible were to happen. They start doing things like, get this, doesn't this blow you away? They start doing things like sending Mary to preside over Wales at the age of nine. Nine years old. Now, I should clarify, that's fairly ceremonial, but she's still there. Mom and dad are not. Mary is there with a council listening to the problems of a nation. 
helped solve a pro- the problems of a nation at the age of nine. Think about your kids. Do you think you're babying them a little too much? Let me tell you, when I heard that, I got to thinking about my own who are 10 and 11. And you know I'm pretty direct with teaching them responsibility and independence. And even that gave me a moment of pause of, oof, maybe I'm even being too soft on them. But Henry wants this son. He's not getting this son. Henry decides he needs a divorce. Now, there is an interesting relationship, to put it mildly, between kings and queens and the pope at this point in time. We've gone over this briefly in the past. I don't want to pretend as if the pope was more powerful than King Henry, but the pope was very, very powerful, and it's almost like, let me put it this way. It's almost like the Pope, while while he may be equal in power to you as a king, or maybe even have less power than you as a king, the Pope also had veto power over your soul as a king. Meaning, oh, yes, Pope, I'll do what I want. You shut up and take it. Pope can eventually, anytime he wants, say, oh, okay, guess who's excommunicated and going to hell? Now, the Pope doesn't ever want to do that because, remember, it's to the Pope's advantage that England remains in the fold. England remains willing to do the things the Pope may ask for from time to time. And the Pope only has the power he has at this time because the other kings and queens decide he has that power. So it's not like you're the Pope and you can go around slapping every queen on the rear end and just enjoying life as you want. That's a big no-no. But if you're King Henry VIII of England, you also, you have to tread lightly. Henry approaches the Pope respectfully and says, I want a divorce from Catherine of Aragon. Except that gets real complicated because one, and this is a big part of it, Catherine of Aragon had relatives, very, very powerful people. Because remember, all these kings and queens are royalty. They're children of royalty. So they all know a guy who knows a guy. And Catherine of Aragon had people who were very close to the Pope, very powerful people saying, no, no, you can't do that. That's one. Two, and this really helped her cause, Catherine of Aragon, by all rights, had not done anything wrong. There weren't even really solid accusations of infidelity of any kind. The people loved her. She was a devout Catholic, a humble, modest woman who had a completely just claim to be Queen of England. There simply wasn't a justification for the Pope to allow this. Yeah. Henry has other plans. Home title theft 
is destroying lives in the United States of America. Every now and then, this happens in countries throughout the world, throughout the history of the world, every now and then, a new crime will pop up. A crime law enforcement and society as a whole didn't see coming, and the criminals will simply outpace law enforcement for a long time until they catch up. That's home title theft. It is lucrative for these cyber thieves. It's very, very difficult to catch them. It's very difficult for you to detect it until it's too late. It's simply out of control. The FBI itself acknowledges this is the cybercrime right now. Protect yourself with Home Title Lock. You have a solution right there. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Do not forget to use the code RADIO. That gets you 30 days for free. Henry VIII, he really, really wants a divorce. And we have to pause for a brief moment. I have always found this part of Kings to be very fascinating, the wanting an heir thing. Now, I don't know that it would matter as much to me as it does to these guys. Once you're gone, you're gone. You can want your kids, daughters, or sons to have a great life. But for these guys, it was everything. Some of these guys, it was the only thing that mattered to them was having an heir. I've always found that part of history to be very, very fascinating. Do you get it, Chris? I don't get it. You do? I, I guess I don't get it. I understand it stabilizes power, Chris. That's not what I'm saying. I get wanting to know who the next line of succession is going to be. I, I get that. What I don't get is this this obsession with making sure he's yours. You're the king. You were the king. You did it. When you're dead and gone, it's not going to matter to you anyway. In the end, what difference does it make? But whatever. We're not going. I'm, I'm not going into that right now. Henry decides. You know, England's not going to be Catholic anymore, Pope. Sorry about that. And you cannot, you and I could never understand how big of a shift this was for that period of time. This would, honestly, this is probably the best way I can put it. This would be the equivalent to Iran. The, the leadership of Iran stepping up Today, on the podium, and announcing to the people, you know what? We are converting to Judaism. Thank you all. That's the new national religion. It's that kind of a big deal. You've told people who's, who've only ever known Catholicism, uh, we're leaving. Now, that may be a little drastic because, obviously, Martin Luther's Reformation it was gaining support with the people. It's not as if they didn't know about this. And especially to poorer people, less educated people, people who couldn't speak and read Latin, 
people who felt like the church favored the wealthy, the Catholic Church favored the wealthy, this Martin Luther Reformation was appealing. However, England was very much still a Catholic nation at this time. Henry decides, nope, we're not Catholic anymore. Go screw yourself, Pope. Oh, I'm not only king now, I'm the head religious leader in this country too. And uh, to his credit, I will say, translates the Bible to English. Who was the first to do that? There's your trivia question. Has the Bible translated into English? He now is still not divorced, though. Okay? He wants a divorce. Still not divorced. And I know what you're thinking because I said this as I've looked into this. I mean, I've, I've looked and I've loved this story for a long time. You're the king. Not only are you the king now, you've declared yourself the religious leader why not just get a divorce? But we have misconceptions about the powers that kings and queens always have. There's no question. There are dictators and rulers in history who were all powerful God kings who did and said as they pleased whenever, wherever. But... Those oftentimes were not long-lasting kings. Even a king, even a king and queen have to play political games and be delicate with just how much they agitate the people, with just how much they agitate their fellow nobles. You're Henry VIII. You don't want to just force your wife, Catherine, to get a divorce. Remember, she's very popular with the people. Well thought of even throughout Europe. You look like a huge jerk right now if you're Henry VIII. You want her to agree to the divorce. It just looks better at this point. They already view her as borderline a martyr. Now you look really bad. So Henry starts threatening her. Now, not necessarily physically threatening her, but threatening her with things like sending Mary away, sending Catherine's daughter away. And he eventually does, and Catherine never saw her daughter Mary again, sent her to some remote outpost. Mary... Think what Mary's going through at this point. Devout Catholic, still very much devout Catholic Mary, watches her father not only convert to being a Protestant, tell the country they're now a Protestant country, but tear her mother's life apart for all of this. What's going on inside of Mary at this time? And Henry is, on top of treating his current wife poorly, you remember how I told you he was... Bouncing around England a bit? Yeah, it wasn't even a secret now. Now he's openly dating. There's not another way to put it. They put it courting because everything has to be nice. He's openly dating a lady named Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn was one of those women who apparently was weapons grade hot and did not allow Henry access to everything Henry wanted to access 
which only drove him more crazy and had him fall more in love with her. There's a lesson there, ladies. And eventually, Henry gets his dissolving of the marriage and marries Anne Boleyn. It should be noted they have a, a you know a parade for Anne Boleyn and the new marriage. Anne Boleyn is not showered with praise by the people, to put it mildly. They are not big fans of the other woman who forced, or forced, who, who their king strayed with and now married on top of disgracing the previous one, highly respected Catherine of Aragon. Anne Boleyn, he... Well, she hates Mary, hates her, has Henry VIII. She turns Henry kind of against Mary, and this is what I mean by kind of. Henry begins to threaten Mary. Now, what's he threatening Mary with? What does he want from Mary at this point in time? What he wants is he wants Mary to completely, you know, she he wants her to give up any title she has because right now she's the rightful heir. He wants her to give that up and he wants her to completely renounce Catholicism. You're not a Catholic anymore. Well, remember, Mary is devout, very, very, very much devout. And Anne is needling him behind the scenes over and over again. Get her. She's defying you. Get her. This looks bad. You have to get her. Henry begins to punish Mary. How's he punishing her? Doing the most petty, awful things you can imagine. Send men to her house, whichever house she's in at the moment, to take away all her jewelry. Things like that. Yes, Chris, Anne does sound like a grade A. Yes, that. Very much so. Yes, she does. She does. Now, let's, let's clarify something here. We're going off of what the history books tell her. Tell us. I don't know how a lot of these things could be translated any other way, but Anne Boleyn really does not come out looking good in the historical perspective at all, to put it mildly. All right, hang on. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Your credit score is a really, really big deal for you. But here's the problem. Whenever I talk about that and I talk about credit scores and how important they are to saving you money, to getting you through purchasing certain things in this life, people tend to get offended or they get down about it because, look, life happens. I get it. People lose jobs. Divorces happen. Just life comes at you. I understand that. Bills you can't pay. I get it. But you don't have to stare at your low credit score and just sit around feeling sorry for yourself or lick your wounds. You have ScoreMaster. ScoreMaster is right here. They're right there to help you. The average ScoreMaster user raises their credit score 61 points in just 20 days. You have solutions. Go get them. Go to scoremaster.com slash jesse. 
That's scoremaster.com slash jesse. Go take care of that bad credit score. Henry starts to turn the screws on Mary, trying to get her to sign this document, saying she's no longer a Catholic, giving up all her claims and such. Well, this eventually this eventually ends with mutual respect, I guess I should say. This is what I mean. Mary won't do it. She simply won't do it. And Henry, there's this famous moment, people have written about it forever, where Henry was leaving one of Mary's estates where he had just gone in and, you know, taken a bunch of her stuff. I'm taking your ne- I'm taking your necklace, since you won't sign it kind of thing. Sees Mary on the balcony as he's leaving, kneeling for him, you know, in respect. Henry tips his cap to her. And turns and rides off apparently with tears of pride that his daughter was strong enough to still stand up to him. So I think there was more to those two than meets the eye. Now, um, Anne Boleyn doesn't end up doesn't end up making it. Yeah, she gets her head chopped off because she starts having kids too, and those kids also aren't boys. Well, Henry, he moves along in a more permanent fashion now, so he has her head chopped off. Along comes another one because Henry's still a young enough man. He needs an heir, and her name is Jane Seymour. Now, finally, I should mention at this point in time, he gets Mary to sign the document saying she's no longer a Catholic. She's giving up her, you know, giving up all that. Jane Seymour does produce the son Henry has always wanted. Yay! His name's Edward. We finally have an heir to the the throne. And then Jane dies promptly after that. And now Henry isn't really sure what to do. Mary, because she signed the document, is brought back into the fold, and she's very, very close with Edward, essentially raises Edward and Elizabeth, another sister. Henry agrees to marry another woman named Catherine. Well, that ends up being a problem. It ends up being a problem because Henry never met Catherine first. And apparently Catherine left a little something to be desired as far as looks go. Not sure of a kind way to put this, Chris. Let's just say Henry wrote very specifically about how unattracted to Catherine he really was. More accusations of adultery. Catherine killed. Yes, there's a bit of a pattern developing here, I know. Now he moves right along and finds himself another Catherine. Don't worry, he's not going to kill this one. Henry dies first. Henry dies, and now you have a situation. 
Now, I should have mentioned earlier, I've been holding this out because I didn't want to overwhelm you with names, but the Archbishop, the big religious cheese in Europe, who had been with Henry through all this, was a man by the name of Thomas Cranmer. Thomas Cranmer was thought to be behind virtually all of Henry's decisions. Leaving the church, divorcing this one, killing that one. He was undoubtedly behind forcing Mary to sign the documents she didn't want to sign. He was that that evil guy you see in the movies whispering in the king's ear evil, evil things and... Mary hated this man. And the feeling was very mutual. Thomas Cranmer hated Mary. Well, you've got a situation here. Henry died. Edward is just going to take over, right? Well, no. Edward is still too young and inexperienced. So what they do is they develop a a council. To rule until Edward's ready. You know how this works. How many stories have we done about, you know, a regent here or a council there? Look, we're just going to look after the throne until the boy's old enough. How many times does that go poorly? Unless you're Ivan the Terrible and you end up feeding them to the dogs. But that's another story for another day. They begin to take in Edward, looking after Edward. Mary's still vying for Edward's affection and approval, too. Except Edward dies. Edward dies. Now you've got a huge problem. And there's another lady, Jane Grey. I'm not going to go into this. She takes over. The people are not with Jane Grey. But she is very much in the Thomas Cranmer camp. They have, re- they have, they have brought this lady up. There, She's their person. Figurehead is what she is. But Mary is still insanely popular with the people. They even try to have Mary arrested. She escapes to some impregnable fortress. And the people around her swear, Mary, we will die for you. Hang on. You need to have a gold IRA. I don't know a single financial advisor, and I know many, but I don't know a single financial advisor who would sit down with you and say, listen, what you need to do is take all of your money and invest it in this one place. If you ever sit down with a guy like that, get up, turn around, and don't walk, sprint towards your car because you are in the wrong office. They tell you to diversify. They diversify. And part of diversifying your portfolio is having a gold IRA in it because it's less susceptible to this market blowing up on you and wiping out your retirement income. Make sure you don't get cleaned out when this market corrects. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. Again, that's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Protect that money that you've worked so hard for.
I should note, if you're enjoying this little soap opera, which people do, they love this, you know, palace intrigue stuff. I want to say Showtime, but it may be HBO did an incredible extended series with a lot of fiction in it, obviously. But overall, they actually hit the high points very well called The Tudors, T-U-D-O-R-S, years ago. Watched it years and years and years ago. It was awesome. And like I said, I, I haven't seen it in years and I'm sure they got a bunch of stuff wrong on purpose, as they as Hollywood would. But it's a it's a fiction series. I think if any of this stuff interests you, you would really enjoy it. It's all this palace intrigue, divorce affairs, beheadings, people burning at the stake, royalty. It's a great little fictional glimpse based on a true story into it. How about that? A little plug for what? HBO Showtime? I don't even know the name. It was really good. Never mind. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Jane Gray. And the people behind her do not hold power for very long. Mary has the support of the people. Mary begins to get the rich, powerful nobles on her side. And really, oftentimes, that's where the true power lies in monarchies. With all the wealthy people who are right underneath the king, you get enough of them on your side. You run the show. Mary gets enough of them on her side, and Mary takes over, and the country is thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. Mary does this long, long journey throughout the countryside. People showering her with praise. Takes over as Queen of England and gives what is supposed to have been the most humble, gracious speech. You know, just happy to be here, feeling really blessed. You know the you know the speech I'm talking about. You've seen it a million times. Mary, of course, begins to release these political prisoners. You see, many Catholics had been locked up when the country converted. However, she begins to acquire more political prisoners of the Protestant persuasion, doing this quietly so far, very quietly. She also starts to make certain steps to get back in the good graces of the Catholic Church. The Pope himself, in fact, even approaches the Pope and says, yo, Pope, uh, sorry about all that stuff with my dad. 
Would love to have you back on board. Hope said, oh, I knew this was coming. No worries. In fact, we've already we've already got a cardinal on the job. He's going to work on making sure you guys are taken care of. Mary begins to sign some fairly innocuous orders, essentially decriminalizing Catholicism. Not necessarily ordering everybody to be a Catholic, but you know, pushing things that way. Mary, Mary's <laughs> been waiting the whole show to say that, Chris. Nailed it. Mary gets married. She gets married to a Spaniard by the name of Philip. Now, it's a funny, well, it's not really funny, actually. It's funny. It's funny to us now. I, I doubt it was very humorous to Mary or the people around her. Remember the whole marriage of convenience thing we'd gone over before? What's a nice way to put this? English people, while I've seen some absolute dimes from England, in general, probably not very high on your list of most attractive people in the world. That fair, Chris? That fair? Spanish people, probably pretty high on your list if you've ever met them in mass. Well, don't think much has changed in 500 years. Philip is a Spaniard. He and his fellow Spanish Spaniards show up. They get married to Mary. Philip is underwhelmed by Mary's appearance, to put it mildly, and his fellow Spaniards are underwhelmed by the attractiveness of the people and the countryside. They're like, this place is nasty, and the women are ugly. This sucks. Philip does his duty. Mary thinks she's pregnant. Turns out to be a false pregnancy. It just turned out to be a huge stomach ailment where she got swollen and everything. Philip takes a trip abroad to France and word gets back to England and Mary pretty quickly that Philip is in enjoying his time in France a lot. Really, uh, really dipping his toe in the French waters, if you will. This is apparently one of the things that really contributed to what happened next. I would argue this had always been bubbling below the surface, but between the false pregnancy and the word about the husband enjoying himself too much in France, Mary snaps. Mary starts burning Protestants alive. I don't mean one or two either. 280 of them alive. You know that drink you enjoy on Sunday when you had too many on Saturdays, the Bloody Mary? That's how it got its name. It is ironic that Thomas Cranmer, you remember that archbishop, the guy who stood behind her father, who screwed Mary over every chance he got, actually in his death kind of screwed Mary again. She kept making him stand up and give these public you know, proclamations about how evil he was, and Catholicism's really the key, and so on. Well, on the day he was supposed to be executed, Cranmer decides he's going to change his tune 
stands up and gives a speech rallying the people against Mary, against Catholicism, and then says, this hand that signed the documents renouncing my religion will be the first thing I plunge into the fire, and they start burning him at the stake, and he holds to his word and takes his hand that signed a document proclaiming Catholicism to be good, and he jams the hand into the fire so it burns first. This sweeps the countryside like a fire. Mary endures another false pregnancy as she continues to burn Protestants at the stake until she dies very soon after this in her 40s. You and I love stories of palace intrigue. I know you do. You you don't deny it. Every television rating says you do. We love it. Game of Thrones, great example. Most popular TV show probably of all time. It wasn't about dragons and magic. It was a game. It was about palace intrigue. This person knifing this person in the back. This person doing it. It's a palace intrigue show. You love that stuff. And it is entertaining. It's entertaining, though, when it's fiction. It's important to remember that powerful people knifing each other in the back Playing these political games time and time again. Ego, pride, vanity. These things have real life consequences. You enjoyed that story of Henry and Mary and Bloody Mary and all that. And that's fine. You don't have to feel guilty about that. But it is important for you and I to keep in mind. 280 people burned alive. Because of all this nonsense. You can enjoy palace intrigue all you want. But it is important for people in power to understand and you to understand. There are casualties with these games. I'm staring at a headline right now. DNI. That's Director of National Intelligence. That's John Ratcliffe. DNI declassifies Brennan Notes' CIA memo on Hillary Clinton stirring up scandal between Trump and Russia. Ratcliffe declassified Brennan's handwritten notes, which were taken after he briefed Obama on the intelligence the CIA received in a CIA memo, which revealed that officials referred to the matter referred the matter to the FBI for potential investigative action. Uh Uh-oh. There's a cost for this. Hang on. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it 
until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.